Hi, this is Don Cherie Wilkerson, and I pastor Vuk Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you. I hope that it inspires you. Let's check out the message. If you have your Bibles, I just want you to turn to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 11. And I'm actually going to skip forward to verse, let's see. Guys, we're going to go ahead to verse 19. I'm just going to cut straight to it. Verse 19 reads this. This is Ezekiel prophesying the words of God. This is God speaking to you and I today. He says this, and I will give them one heart. Other translations say an undivided heart. And a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes, keep my rules and obey them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. And as we kick off this Saturday morning, as we talk about hello, new world, I just wanna talk to you for the next few moments on this thought. Hello, new world. Hello, new heart. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for this moment. God, we get ourselves out of the frame. We know you've got your eyes on us. That's enough. And Lord, right now we ask that you would open up our hearts to see beyond our circumstances, beyond our own personal needs, beyond our home, beyond our to-do list, beyond our worries. And God, awaken us. Awaken us to the world around us. We say hello, new world, because we know you. And we say hello, new heart, because you gave everything. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, if you believe it, put it in the chat right now. Amen. Put it in the chat right now. Hello, new world. Hello, new heart. You know, in Ezekiel chapter 11, where we just read, um, I want to give you a little bit of context to the scripture of what God is actually saying to his people. God is speaking to his people, the children of Israel, who are actually in exile. So they've been scattered. In the verses right before it says that they've been scattered to distant lands. They've been taken from their home and they have been put in captivity in Babylon in distant lands. And here they are away from the people of God, away from their homes, away from their nation. And they're scattered, and it's easy to see that they would feel abandoned and alone. But just two verses before the verse that I read, God says this. He says, I will be your sanctuary in the distant lands where you are scattered. And even though these men and women, they couldn't make it to the temple in Jerusalem, They couldn't make it to give sacrifices to the God that they believed in. They couldn't make it to worship God, to be a part of the community that they loved. God said, hey, you can't get to the temple, but the temple is coming to you. I'm coming right to where you are. I am not bound by any physical structure. I am your God. And wherever you go, I'm gonna be right there. And God says, I will be your sanctuary though you are scattered in distant lands. When this pandemic hit, I don't know about you, but it was alarming how quickly we were scattered. 
I'll never forget my very first Zoom. Like, I didn't even know the word Zoom three months ago. I didn't even know what that was. And here it is. It's a daily part of my life now. It's the way I communicate with the team. It's the way that we communicate as a church. It's the way that I communicate with my family because no longer are we able to stand in large groups and lift our hands and worship. I remember the first time being on a Zoom being like, this feels so weird. This just doesn't, you know what I'm talking about? It just doesn't feel right. I feel scattered. I feel out of place, but I'm so grateful for the God that we serve Because the truth is, is that it was never about the building to begin with. And just like today, as we're worshiping and as Doe is singing and the presence of God is filling this small office complex that we're in, right here on the other side of the world, it's not morning where you are, it's night. But you know what? The same presence of God that fills this space right now fills your living room, is filling your kitchen, is filling your dining room and your office space. God is not, he's not confined by a building. And just like God says to Ezekiel to prophesy to the people of God, God says to you and I right now, I will come to you. I've come to you. The same power that we experience when we gather corporately, you can experience intimately because I am both infinite and I am personal. God says, I will be your sanctuary. God extends his hands of grace to the people that are in exile. He extends his hands of grace to the people that are in their most desperate hour. And what does he give? He says this in verse 19. God himself says, I will give you an undivided heart. An undivided heart. Now, Why does God give you an undivided heart? Because the God that we serve has an undivided heart. The God that we serve is not being tossed around by the latest headlines. He is not wondering if he is able to bring a miracle to our nation and our world. Our God is not wondering whose side he's going to be on today. When we look at the God that we serve, we often talk about all of his characteristics. And friends, we're going to spend the rest of our life and all of eternity discovering who the God that we serve truly is. Because he is so deep and so wide and he is so great and magnificent that we can't even scratch the surface of his glory and his goodness. Come on, can anybody testify in the Zoom today? We serve a big God. We serve a big God. And when we try to confine him to the box of our understanding, we minimize the miracles that can break forth in our life. Have you minimized the God that you serve? Do you look at your God like every other entity in the world? Oh, friend, he's otherworldly. He's not a part of this nation, of this world. He can do anything he wants. At one word, things change because he has authority. He's infinite. He's powerful. He's great. But friends, don't make any mistake about it. He's not just full of characteristics that you get to pick and choose 
when you feel like it. You know, during, during quarantine, I was uh, organizing my house. How many of you, just wave at me, if you, you got a little organized during quarantine. Okay, all the hands are going up right now. I see you. Stephanie, you're with me. Lala, you're with me. I see you. Okay, I decided I'm going to clean my garage. So I go into my garage. It's a mess. I've got, Rich loves hobbies. He has a million different hobbies. He goes through cycles. He loves things. He goes like 100 miles per hour. And then he tries a new thing. So we've got all these random sports equipment. I've got my son's stuff. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to organize this thing. I got the biggest cabinet you've ever seen in your life. I mean, I was proud of this cabinet. It arrived on my doorstep in quarantine. I put that baby in my garage, and when I opened up the doors, it was 24 inches deep. It was 90 inches tall. It was 60 inches wide. We're talking about a big cabinet. Now, you could fit a lot of stuff in a space like that. And as I opened up the door, I said, you know what I need? I need, I need, uh, I need compartments in this cabinet. I need to organize it. Here's my laundry stuff. Here's my son's crafts. Here's Rich's hobby, 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 hobby. (laughs) Friend, make no mistake. The God we serve, you don't just get to open up the cabinet and pull out what you need or what you feel God should be. His characteristics aren't just piled on top of him. You need to understand the God that we serve. It's not just like a bunch of characteristics pushed together. Everything about who he is is interwoven with one another. Everything is interwoven inextricably so that when you enter into the presence of God, you get the totality of who he is. And yes, our cultures, we all put different emphasis on the God that we serve. We all decide that this, this speaks to me, this connects with me. But if you, if you make the mistake of limiting God by your emphasis, you will never be able to walk into the fullness of knowing who he is. Because the longer you walk with him, the more you see the characteristics of who he is. And the more you get to know him, the more you pray, the more you worship, the more he opens up your eyes. So your picture of God is consistently and constantly expanding. And he is pushing you forward to discover more of who he is. So God is a God of justice. And he is also a God of love. God is a God of grace. He's also a God of truth. And you don't have to just choose one and say, well, this is more important than the other. No, it's all him. Every part of it is him. And instead of getting tied to who he is, we need to look at him and love him. And as we love him, we get to know him. Don't get so focused on, God, I'm just going to read about you. God, I'm just going to research about you. No, you need to encounter him. Because it's when you encounter him that you encounter the fullness of who he is. And God is saying in Ezekiel, he's saying, listen, I'm going to give you an undivided heart because I'm undivided. And so those divisions in your heart, you can't be made in my image when you have a divided heart. Don't cling to the emphasis, cling to him. Seek him above everything. The more you know him, 
the more your view will change. It will be evolving forever because he is that great. I remember when I was in, how old was I? I think I was 16 and I got what's called Bell's palsy. And Bell's palsy, it came through an earache. I'll never forget, I was at the dining room table with my parents. I was having dinner, normal dinner, when all of a sudden my dad started to look at me kind of sideways, like, what is going on with you? And then he said, Dionza, which is my mom's name, what, what's going on with Don Cherie's face? And literally while we were having dinner, half of my face had gone paralyzed. And I, I couldn't lift this side of my mouth. I couldn't blink. I literally couldn't move. And it lasted for several weeks. It's called Bell's palsy. My face was literally divided down the center and one side worked and the other side didn't. This is what it looks like when you have a divided heart. It's paralyzing. When, when you have a divided heart, you wanna say something, but you can't because there's division within you. You want to do what God's called you to do. You want to step out, get yourself out of the Zoom. You want to stop looking at yourself. You want to look at the world around you, but your heart is divided, so it par paralyzes you. And here I was in half of my face, and, and I couldn't eat. Like, I would try to drink water, and it would run out the side of my mouth down my shirt. I would try to go to sleep, and I couldn't shut my eyelid. I would have to put ointment on my eyes so that my eyes, things that I didn't even know. Did you know that every time your eyelid shuts, that's a way that God allows your eye to be hydrated? So I actually had to put cream on my eye every day so that it would stay hydrated. And when you're divided, you don't realize how it is literally destroying every part of your life. And God is saying through Ezekiel, hey, there's division in your heart and I can't lead you to where you're going until I actually give you a brand new heart. The divisions cannot stay. And all of us know what it feels like to have a divided heart. All of us do, because there are divisions in all of our lives. There are walls that we've placed up. There are compartments where we've said, oh, you know what? I need a little bit of this. God, you're awesome, but man, I also need some self-help. God, you're awesome, but I, I also need this. God, God, you're awesome and good, but like, I need a little bit more. I'm looking for a little bit more. And so we start to add more things to the picture of our heart. In just a few verses before in Ezekiel, God says, get rid of the detestable things. What is he saying? He's saying, there are idols in your life. And that's not a word that we use very often anymore. I don't use the word idol, but maybe I could use this word, distraction. Distraction creates division. Where are the distractions in your heart because God wants to remove the division and bring us into a place of wholeness. When your heart is divided, it paralyzes you. When your heart is divided, you're tossed back and forth like the waves. God, I wanna move forward, but I just keep being pulled back. That's not God. That's the division in your heart. Some of you today, you say, Don Shree, I just keep hitting a wall. I keep hitting a wall. Well, maybe the wall you keep hitting is the, the, the division in your heart. Maybe the wall you keep hitting is not something that someone else has put up. Maybe it's actually the limitations 
the way that you're viewing God, maybe it's the thing that is actually holding you back. We all do this. In investments, it's called hedging your bets. When you decide to divide what you have, your resource, so that you can cover yourself and so that you're safe. So if this doesn't work out, I'm good over here. If this, if this crumbles, oh, I'm safe and secure over here. Friends, when it comes to walking with Jesus, you can't hedge your bets. He wants all of your heart, and he wants it right now. It's time to remove the divisions. It's time to lay down our lives and entrust them to Almighty God and say, God, I'm tired of living with a divided heart. I want a heart that is united. I want a heart that is open to you, to be touched by you. I'm I'm so sick and tired of having compartments in my heart. I'm so sick and tired of having division in my heart. It's simple when we simply entrust our lives to Jesus. You know, our nation is so divided right now. Our nation is so divided by racism. Our nation is so divided by different people's perspectives on what the truth is. But it's very simple for the body of Christ to know where we stand. Because we have two commands through the mouth of Jesus. And that's to love God and to love others as our self. And so when other thoughts come to you that make you think that there's another thought that you should cling to, friends, you got to come back to the truth. You can't be divided and silent in this time. We've got to stand in unity and raise our voices that only Jesus can heal a broken heart. Only Jesus can rid our nation of racism. Only Jesus can open up our eyes so that we can love others as we love ourselves. There is no more important conversation on the table if you love Jesus. This isn't just an issue. This is the issue. This is how people will see Jesus. This is how they will see the glory of God. If you and I can get on the same page and say, this is what matters, that we love God and that we love others as we love ourselves. If we'll keep the main thing, the main thing, then God's glory will shine on this earth like it never has before. But you want to talk about authority? One word, God can change things, but he's given you authority. And it's time to use your authority. It's time to understand that God will not force any decision upon you, but we have to stand up and be the church. Come on, if you believe it, put it in the chat. We're called to be the church. We're called to be the church. Where is the division? The division in our hearts is between our professed theology and our practical theology. And we've really seen this in this time. We've really seen this in the time of quarantine because we're used to coming in a big room on Sundays and professing who God is, right? We're used to coming in and opening up the word and saying, oh God, this is who you are and and God, we're united and we love one another and we're called to go into the night and Lord, together we're gonna make a difference. We love our city. We get together and we profess it, but what happens when you're at home? because that's the theology that actually matters. And it's beautiful and it's prophetic what's taking place right now because I'm looking at you in your dining room. 
I'm looking at you in your kitchen, and where you are right now is where your theology matters the most. Where you are right now is where heaven actually comes to earth, because it's not just on Sunday, it's what you actually practice on Monday, it's the conversations that you have in your kitchen and on your phone and on the internet and what you're posting and what you're praying about and what you're joining with your community to believe in, friend, what are you practicing? Because what you're practicing is actually what you believe. It's time for us to be done with just professed theology. It's time for us to actually practice it. Some of you have never practiced your theology at home in your life. And now in quarantine, all of a sudden for the first time, you've lived in that house for 25 years. And just this year, you got down on your knees in your living room and you raised your hand and you began to practice your theology and you turned your bedroom into a sanctuary and you lifted your voice and you knelt down and you cried out to God, why? Because there's a difference between what you profess and what you actually practice. I'm tired of just getting hype when we're all together. I want to encounter God in my home. I don't want to just sit on the couch. I saw people last night all over the Zoom get off of their couch, kneel down in their living rooms and cry out to God. I saw people at their desks with tears streaming down their faces, crying out to God. Friend, did it ever happen before 2020? God says, I'm gonna give you an undivided heart. Your heart won't be one way on Sunday as you're serving and another way when you're at your workplace, when you're considering whether to forgive that family member, when you're considering whether to come back to the table and have a conversation with your spouse, when you're considering whether to believe that God will be faithful to his promises. Is it just something that you speak or is it something that you practice? Because friends, we serve a God that if you'll just choose to give him your ordinary days, you're coming and you're going. You're walking and you're talking. You're sitting and you're rising that with one word, things can change. His authority. Right where you are, we're gonna, I'm going to share some more in a moment, but I, I just want us to sing that. And I want you to search your heart. God, where are the divisions? This is for you. Nobody else is looking at you. This is, this is your moment with Jesus. With one word, things change. God, one word, one word, one word. You know the beautiful thing is? Is that none of us can change our heart. You say, Don Shree, I want to get rid of the divisions. We had renovation on our house a few years ago before we moved in, and the people who did the renovations, they made it look really pretty on the outside, but they left a lot of holes underneath the house. They took a lot of shortcuts, and to be honest, it looks like all of it's going to have to be redone now. How often have we tried to take down the divisions ourselves, and we end up 
causing even further harm to ourselves. We can't, we can't go on any longer like this. Only God can heal the division in your heart. Only God can take your heart and give you a brand new one. Only God can change you. He created you to only be healed by His hands. Today, as we sing this, will you just shut yourself away with God and receive? Come on, let's sing together. One word from you Things on your There's a, there's a sudden shift when we just surrender. You cannot bring the divisions down in your heart, but God will actually give you. He'll give you an undivided heart, a brand new heart. And friends, it won't take 30 years. It's a sudden shift. It's an immediate thing that takes place when we simply humble ourselves right where we are in our homes and say, God, more than anything, I desire you. Because God says through Ezekiel, He says, Ezekiel, say this, tell them that I will give them an undivided heart. And then he goes on and he says this, and I'll give them a new spirit. Write new spirit right now in the chat because that's what God is giving you right now. If you choose to surrender this moment to him, he'll give you something new right now in the middle of what you feel is old, battered, bruised, wounded, overwhelmed, disillusioned. He says right now, I will push you forward into the new and it will be exchanged from the inside side to the outside and it will change everything I won't just renovate I'll recreate I won't just pick up the pieces I'll give you something brand new but you got to stand undivided we see this in Acts when 120 people gathered in the upper room and with one heart, they decided to start to cry out to God. They had a lot of other options. They had a lot of other places they could hedge their bets and say, oh, I don't know if Jesus is actually gonna do what he promised. He said he'd he'd send a friend, I don't know. I gotta get to work today. I gotta go do this today. I've gotta go take care of that today. But instead, 120 of them decided to tarry in the upper room And as they stood with an undivided heart, you know what they received? They received a brand new spirit. They received a spirit that empowered them, that challenged them, that put boldness on the inside of them. And friend, if we can allow God to unify us, then He will pour out a new spirit. For He said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on you. You know what He's doing right now? Hello, new world. Hello, new heart. Hello, new world. Hello, new spirit.
Spirit. And right now the Holy Spirit, He is not confined by a building. That's why the beautiful thing about the God that we serve is the same Holy Spirit I sense right now. You sense right where you are because He's with us. That's how beautiful the gift of the Holy Spirit is. And God says, I will give you an undivided heart, but not just that, man, I'm giving you something new. I'm giving you something new. I'm the God that never changes, but I'm the God that the more you get to know me, the more you see that I am constantly creating. I'm constantly expanding. Even now as I speak, the universes are expanding. They are creating and they have been creating since the first word that I spoke to create the earth in existence because I am able. With one word, things change on my authority. Some of you today, you have felt so overwhelmed by this season, we all have. Beyond words, the pain that our world is going through right now. But friends, as followers of Jesus Christ, we don't look to the left or right to determine how we stand. No, we look to the God that we believe in and trust to know with our head held high, with our shoulders back, with a smile on our face, He's not finished. He's not done. And with one word, things can change. Oh, come on, though, I feel that. I feel that in my spirit. Come on, declare it today. that Ezekiel says because then he says something from the heart of God that is so encouraging he says first of all listen you're my people I'll be your sanctuary wherever you are I've come to you but then he says I'll give you an undivided heart and a new spirit but then God Almighty looks down at you right in the eyes and he says I will take your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. Can we just talk about that for a minute? Because it's one thing to be divided. Division is paralyzation, right? You're trying to live, you're trying to fight, you're trying to get through this season, but you just can't make any progress because your heart is divided. But this is another state of the heart that God is calling out. God says, no, I'm not talking about just paralyzation. I'm talking about a heart that is actually dead. Because a heart of stone, there is no way for blood to flow through a heart of stone. A heart of stone is heavy. A heart of stone cannot bring any sustenance to the body. And if we aren't careful, we can allow the situations around us to create a callus on our heart. 
and to allow our heart not just to be immobilized, but our heart to be frozen in fear, numb to what is going on on our left and our right. And we can actually look around at a body the body of Christ that is flailing, that is trying to find footing. Why? Because the heart is dead. Because the heart is stone. Because the heart is hard. And time and time again in the scriptures, God speaks directly to our hearts and says, do not harden your heart. What's he saying? He's saying, keep your heart open to be shaped by me. When was the last time God shaped your heart? When was the last time he rearranged some things? Because if you walk away from the hands of God, your heart will become hard. And you can show up to serve and you can show up for conference and you can keep that Bible next to your bed. But if the Bible isn't actually breathing new life, if your prayer walk isn't actually keeping your spirit man alive, then your heart gets hard, hard as a stone. And Ezekiel says, God will take your heart of stone and He will actually give you a heart of flesh. See, when we look at our world right now, there's a lot of people that are indifferent to the pain around them. This is what racism does. This is what it does. It makes your heart a heart of stone, where you can actually watch a video of a man being murdered and not shed a tear. That's called having a heart of stone, where you can watch videos of injustice and not wanna do anything about it, not be absolutely awoken to the fact that this is the church's finest hour. Friends, that is called a heart of stone. But God says, even now, as the body is incapacitated by the heart of stone. You may have strong muscles, but you got a heart of stone, baby. Those muscles don't matter. You may have legs that can run really fast. You got a heart of stone. You're not going anywhere. You may have all the good looks and have the facade, but friends, the body is incapacitated when the heart is immobilized. And God is saying, I'm doing way deeper of a work than telling you to stand. I gotta first awaken your heart so that the body moves. I'll give you, I'll give you a heart of flesh. What does it mean when he says, I'll give you a heart of flesh? When you have a heart of flesh, you can feel something. Things are able to flow through you. The love that you found is actually able to flow through you into the world around you. You actually become a source of strength for others. And friends, your heart is the thing that connects every part of your life. There is no life is there if there is no heart. There is no future if there is no heart. There's no vision if there's no heart. There's no hope if there's no heart. There's no mission if there is no heart. We gotta look at our hearts. If we wanna say, hello, new world, first we gotta say, God, with everything within me, I cry, Lord, let me see and be able to say, hello, new heart. Just like David cried in his deepest, darkest time that he had committed sins, not just against God, but against others. He had caused a murder and he says, God, create a new spirit in me. God, create a clean heart, renew a right spirit. What's he saying? God, I don't want my heart to be divided any longer. God, I want you to give me something new. God, I want you to take this heart that is hard to lead me down this road. And God, I want you to give me a heart of flesh. And God says to us today, I will give you a heart of flesh that is able to heal, that is able to be used. 
The body of Christ has never been built to be a monument. We were never created to be some beautiful stone monument that people look at and admire. The body of Christ was built to be a movement. We were created to be a movement that we would go wherever the pain is, that we would go wherever the need is, that we would stand in the gap and say, where am I? God, if you can use anything, God, here I am. Use my broken heart. Use the weaknesses in my life. Use my questions. Use my insecurities. God, use my past that is so broken. God, if you can use it, then allow me to be a part of the movement of your grace. So often we get caught, we get paralyzed by the division. We get callous by all the pain that seems to make us feel like we can't make a difference. But friends, if you'll just keep your heart soft towards God, there's nothing that He will not do through you. See, this is a historical moment that we read about, but it's also a prophetic moment because we see it that God literally takes a heart of stone and turns it into a heart of flesh because God wrote the law on two stone tablets for Moses. A heart of stone, His heart written on two stone tablets. But when Jesus appeared 2,000 years, 2000 years ago, He came with a heart of flesh. He came with a heart of flesh that could beat with love for all of humanity. He came with a heart of flesh that didn't look at the distractions as interruptions, but actually looked at it as part of the mission. I'm so sick and tired of people telling me to stop being distracted and to preach the message of Jesus. Hear me loud and clear, friend, that where people are, Jesus is there. Where broken hearts are laying, God is there. He runs to the pain. He runs to the fear. He runs to the wounds and He says, I became a man so that you would know that I don't just sympathize with you, but I too have carried a heart of flesh. And I will heal you. I will restore you if you will choose to allow me. There's an awakening happening in our world right now. But may we not awaken to any other voice but the voice of the Holy Spirit that has been speaking all along. Love God. Love others. At VU, we have this saying. We have this saying every single time we close a service. Everybody is is standing and we're about to walk out and we're about to face our week and we're so fired up and we're telling the people that decided to follow Jesus, hey, listen, if you decided to follow Jesus um, more than anything, the one thing we would tell you is, and everybody in the room yells out with everything in them, we all say, just keep coming back. Oh, come on, one more time. Just keep coming back. You know what? When it comes to our walk with God, it's all about just keep coming back. You just keep coming back to the throne of grace. You keep coming back to a place where you find yourself on your knees. You keep coming back to a place of serving. You keep coming back to a place of repentance. You keep coming back to a place of community. You keep coming back to a place of conviction. And every single time you decide that I will just keep coming back to you, Jesus, God himself looks at you and says, I will give you an undivided heart and a new spirit 
spirit. I will take a heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. And then he goes on and he says, and you will be my people and I will be your God. You just gotta keep coming back. And I don't know how many times you've wondered in this season. I don't know how many times your emotions have turned the tables on your heart, but today you get to just keep coming back. And tomorrow when conference is over, you get to just keep coming back. And next week when you read the headlines, you get to just keep coming back and say, God, you illuminate your truth inside of me. Give me a God idea. Allow me to raise my voice with your love. Allow me to influence this broken nation with the hope that I have found. You just keep coming back. And every time you come back to his presence, you will say, hello, new world. Hello, new heart. Because he doesn't ever fix things around us. He always starts within us. I just want you right where you are. If you feel comfortable, lift your hands. Maybe you'd kneel. Maybe you'd find a place where you feel comfortable. And you just say, God, I don't want to have a divided heart. I need a new touch of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need to be renewed from the inside out. I don't want to just emphasize the characteristics of you that make me feel comfortable. I want to become uncomfortable with how great and grand and mighty you are. God, we need you like never before. God, we seek you with all of our heart, with all of our soul. God, we say, God, if we have a hardened heart that has become numb to the pain around us, take our hardened heart, just take it. One. One sudden act of grace from you, God, can change our heart just quickly. It can happen right now. We can be brand new right now. We can have our eyes opened right now. We can have our heart illuminated with your light right now. Lord, we can, we can sense your presence right now. There's a sudden shift, a sudden shift where you decide not just to, to renovate our heart, but to just give you, us a brand new one. Lord, let it take place. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe consider rating the podcast and share it with a friend. It really makes all the difference. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.